man what's up everybody welcome and welcome back to the group sessions today we're going to do something a little bit different we're going to actually start something a little bit different i know that you guys are used to hearing the solo entries from me with music in the background but it's more versatile of a track if i don't put the music in the background and then i can use clips for social media so um yeah we're we're gonna keep it pretty consistent with that also i know that i tried out a couple of episodes ago doing like a video upload to spotify i did not really like it guys i wasn't feeling it it felt like i was on display i guess i was on display <laughs> but it felt it didn't feel natural the way that i like to to have that feeling when I'm recording a podcast and having these conversations with you guys. So I am not going to get into that for a hot minute. We're going to stick to audio. And in addition, we're going to also be switching recording platforms again. Um, You know that I've wanted this podcast to be very organic and not too polished. Um, I've also been trying to make it a little bit tapered so that it gives a nice user and listener experience. So to do that, I've been testing out a lot of different podcast recording platforms. And I actually found that the most effective and most natural and effortless way for me to record that is just a voice memo on my phone and then just kind of use the editing features that are built into the phone to clean up the audio, level it out, maybe get rid of some of the pauses, but it's not so much edited that it feels like, you know, like it it feels kind of too radio. You know, I wanted it to feel like a journal. So there we have it. For those of you who may be new to the group sessions, this is that podcast where we have that group therapy conversation. Um, We're going to talk about it. I I often bring on some guests in like uh, cohorts or small groups, as you might say. And we talk about certain topics among ourselves. We explore the depths of our emotions, our thoughts, kind of do some reprogramming and reprogram bad thinking systems out of ourselves and program good thinking systems into ourselves. Um, If you keep up with me on Instagram at Robert St. Michael, that's S-A-I-N-T-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Though you got to spell out Saint. Don't put S-T. You got to spell the whole thing out. But if you follow me on Instagram and you keep up with my life coaching and mental health coaching projects, you know that... I'm a certified mental health coach, trauma-informed, and I'm a master's level holistic mental health practitioner. And so a really big part of the way that I approach mental health is by first addressing the scripts that we've adopted in our own heads and have formed um, basically the blueprint of how we move through life. And I encourage people to challenge those. So this podcast helps me do that. It helps me reach other people. And so, yeah, I hope that you are able to enjoy and share it with someone that, you know, this may benefit from. Well, someone that may benefit from this podcast episode. Today, 
we are talking about self-sabotage and self-destruction. I wanted to dive into that today after consciously making a decision to eat something I had no business eating. (laughs) I've been trying really hard to transition into a vegan, pescatarian, vegetarian space. I would ultimately like to be completely vegan, but I'm not there yet. So I'm transitioning very slowly. Uh, (laughs) At some point in life, um, a few, like around the pandemic, right before the pandemic, actually, I was doing pescatarians for like a good year and I enjoyed it. You know, I had a lot more energy. I felt better. Um, I just, I just felt good on it. But with the pandemic coming around, it just kind of limited my access to the grocery store, limited my access to the expensive foods that I would need to buy and stuff like that. So slipped back into old habits, but I've been working really, really hard to just stay disciplined with the things that I eat. But today was a a day. It was a day. It was one of those days. And I just I was stressed. I was emotional. I was just in a really just fatigued space. I couldn't bring myself to cook. I couldn't bring myself to go grocery shopping. I couldn't bring myself to do any of those things. I just wanted comfort food and to go to sleep. And um, it kind of hit me as I was ordering (laughs) the food that I had no business ordering. It hit me like, yo, these are the actual moments where you have to put it into practice. Those moments where you feel like it's hard to motivate yourself to stay disciplined, those are the most important moments to do so. As a part of my own self-care journey, I've been taking my own advice and practicing some of the exercises that I advise my clients to do. And one of those is an NLP diary. So it's basically just a bunch of notes to yourself that challenge reoccurring thoughts or reoccurring thinking patterns. And you put them in a space where you access daily. Like, for example, you'd put it on a door. Um, you could, I mind this on my mirror in my bathroom and I have a bunch of notes on the mirror that remind me to challenge some of my thinking patterns. And um, one of those notes is depression starts before you can feel it. Like by the time we can feel those depression symptoms, they've already settled in. And there is a pre, like an onset of depression where you can kind of start to notice yourself dwindling away from certain things and stuff like that. So putting that, having that in my mind every day and pairing that with me having a difficult day or a bad day or stressful day and then leaning towards junk food as like, that is my saving grace. I, I actually connected those two concepts in a way that I hadn't before that that slip of the, the junk food and that slip of the discipline and all of that stuff, that is my onset And those are my markers of understanding where depression is within my body or within my timeline, within my my year, my calendar, whatever it is that is the associate to it. So that's where this episode kind of got 
inspired by because I was like, you know, we sometimes jump into self-destructive and self-sabotaging things as a means of comforting uncomfortable feelings and we don't even realize it. It got me thinking about stuff like addiction. It got me thinking about um, things like how much of our own individual thoughts is contributing to this this habit, essentially, this bad habit. And how are we using it, right? I don't know if I've openly talked about this on the on the group sessions before, but this is where we talk about that type of stuff. But I discovered that I have a bad, I have an unhealthy relationship with food and I have an unhealthy relationship with spending money. Totally transparent with y'all. Y'all know how we give it up over here in the group sessions. Anytime I'm asking other people to be vulnerable, open up, I'm going to make sure I'm doing the same thing because I'm human just like you. So, but I realized that at some point I developed a healthy relationship with those two things and that point where that kind of magnifying was with the death of my mother, those two things became, I treated them like drugs. Um, Along with other things, I had other really bad habits that I've kind of had to work through and break away from. But the thing about having that sort of a relationship with something is that you kind of can change the way you approach it, but you can't change your your familiarity with it. Like how you're familiar with it is always kind of reflective of how you were used it before. This is why like they advise that if you've a, a person that's dealt with addiction should not return to the environment where they were using or abusing whatever it was that they were, you know, dealing with. Because while your mind can be set on moving forward and your mind is set on interpreting this thing or this challenge in a certain way, when you're dealing with old vices, there is a familiar memory of it that kind of sparks up in your in your body. And if it's something along the path of like addiction or something that you're using like a drug, it's not just an emotional response, it's a chemical response, it's an electrical response. Your entire body is responding to this. Your nervous system is responding to this. Your adrenal glands are responding to this. And so it's it becomes something that is really difficult to resist. And I don't say that lightly as in, if you had enough willpower, you can resist it. I'm saying like your body is reconfiguring itself to understand this particular interaction as the champion vitamin for everything that you're going through. All of your emotional ailments is being cured by this particular thing. And it's it almost feels like you're working against yourself to not have it, to not take it. It's like you're starving yourself, you're depriving yourself. And those things are really hard to stand by when you have a moment or a day or whatever it is that you're feeling kind of depleted and empty. It's so hard to further deprive yourself. It can feel like it's um, exhausting, you know? So I wanted to just kind of bring some attention to that 
Um, with that being said, I also think that there's other ways aside from our own indulgences that we have to uh, police so that we don't, I guess, sacrifice our peace, our sanity, our future, our goals, our integrity. What I'm thinking about now is like, there's been circumstances in, I don't want to call it my past life, but the person that I was, I would say maybe two or three years ago, um, and this was all brought up with the whole food situation of realizing like my relationship with these things. But there was a there was a chapter in my life where I allowed people to trespass again like on me. I, I allowed people to trespass in my physical space, to trespass in my emotional space, to trespass in my mental space. And um when I was doing that I knew on some level that that was completely my fault because I chose to continue to open that door or allow there to be a revolving door for an interaction or a relationship or a person, whether it be a friendship, anything, a family member, uh, whoever, it's not healthy to be a part of my world. And I continuously allowed to like allowed that to happen and um i wanted to reflect with you guys on the imperson the the importance of not turning your relationships into criminals not turning your friends and your loved ones into criminals what i mean when i say that is that if we allow if we voluntarily give away or allow someone to take something that we need without letting them know we need it, we turn them into a criminal and they don't even know it. We don't even know it. You know what I mean? A lot of times the people in your life are approaching you as business as usual. You know, they're approaching you the same way they approached you yesterday. They're not constantly thinking about who you are today and how differently they should approach you. However, they've always interacted with you is how they're going to constantly come to you. However, the thing is that when you have decided that there is a new level of boundary, a new level of you, a new level of what you have to give and what you need for yourself, it's up to you to guard that because they are not going to know that that's a process you recently went through. So when we give up portions of ourselves that we need for ourselves, we allow the other person to be that criminal. And it brings up the question like, why do we not cut the cord and continue to share vulnerable space with people who don't deserve to participate in that side of us, you know? And what I, what I, in thinking about that question, what I came up with was that 
I think sometimes the illusion is enough, is better than the, the nothing. The illusion of closeness, even though it's not actually materialized in the relationship that you have with someone, it serves as a good point of reference for you to tell yourself that lie on some level and for you to allow yourself to be comforted in the idea of that relationship. So for example, right, let's say I have a friend or you have a friend. Let's or I have a friend. Let's say I have a friend that every time we hang out or every time I talk to this friend, I feel depleted of my energy. Um, I feel judged. I feel criticized. We've all had that acquaintance or friend in the group that constantly drags us or rags on us or whatever the case may be to make themselves feel better, right? We, we know what that is. If I consistently return to this person or allow this person to return to me, knowing exactly what to expect out of an interaction with them and knowing that I don't have it to give, I don't have the emotion to give, I don't have the mental space to give, by me allowing them to continue accessing me, that turns them into the criminal. But they don't even know that they're the criminal because I have led them to believe that everything is fine. I've led them to believe that these interactions we're having, totally okay. Nothing wrong with it. Um, another way that... I realized we have a tendency to self-sabotage is, um, and these are for, for, our, for the, anyone that's listening that's spiritual or religious, um, prayer without action, hoping and asking God or asking the universe for something, whether it is a new job, whether it is better physical health, you're asking for these things and you really, really, really want these things, but your everyday choices and everyday decisions don't completely align with what you've asked for. It's to the point where I think sometimes we forget that we can ask ourselves of some of these things. And, and it might be more effective in some ways to ask ourselves of some things. Like, I can ask myself, hey, I really need a job. Can you please get us a job? Like, you know, can, can you wake up tomorrow and actually get on that computer and find us a job within a week? Is that something? Can you put, that, put forth all of your effort into doing that? The reason why we... I think sometimes outsource the work is in part because laziness, but another part is that we're afraid that if we try it, it it won't be successful, you know? But even when you're asking for blessings, you're asking for guidance, you have to take an active participating role in stepping in the direction. You know, if you, if you ask for 
a certain thing in life, but every single one of your decisions goes against what you're you're wanting for, then it, it's not going to work. In many ways, to circle back to like the concept of addiction and the concept of comfort, it's like we almost want change without having to change. And that's not really... That's not realistic. You can't have the comfort of not changing with the reward of having changed. You can't. The actual change itself is is work. That is where things have to take place. That's where things have to happen, you know. Um, I want to... With, with my platform, I want to reach as many people as possible. And I believe that's something that I'm going to do. But there are very concrete steps that are required for me to get there. You know what I mean? You, you don't, I can't pray that I catch the bus and then take my time walking to the bus stop. I have to pray that I catch the bus and I also have to run to catch the bus. I can't just just lollygag along the way. So I think the the message in today's episode, which I'm I'm pretty sure it was a little bit all over the place. My mind is just in a thousand different places with this, but to reel it all in, the concept of what I'm trying to drive across is that we have to take responsibility of building the person that we want to be in the future. And that responsibility is something that has to be with us every single day. When you really look at the things that are getting in your way of achieving these goals that you want, If you take an honest look at them, 99% of those problems are you. Being let to just keep it in a thousand, keep it being real, real transparent. The majority of the problems in your life originate from your actions. The majority of problems in my life originate from my actions. Think about how much, how many things we commit to doing every single day that we don't like, that stresses us out, that makes us angry. Think about how many relationships we commit to staying in that makes us depressed, that makes us hurt. And then as a result of us living in that mental space of depression and hurt, it affects how we are with other people. You know what I mean? Where all of this can be, uh, not ramified. Is it ramified? Ramification? The remedy to all of this Really, it's just making that singular decision in the beginning of your journey so that everything else can fall into place. I have said before that I find my solitude my solitude as a as a very important component to my peace. I don't know when I started loving my space to myself. I think it had a lot to do do with the time that I started loving myself. 
loving my own company, loving my voice, loving my thoughts, loving my memories, loving my imagination, loving my weirdness, you know, just really loving myself to the point where I like spending time with myself. Um, but with that came this this very serious sense of solitude that for me has been one of the most healing things ever. When you allow yourself to be alone with your thoughts and your emotions, you you allow yourself a moment to organize and reorganize your mind the way that it works for you. Sometimes when we are constantly in the trend and constantly in the mix, our mind is organized based based on productivity, um, based on adaptability, based on whatever our social requirements are, based on whatever our expectations are. That is where our mind has been organized. But when you spend time with yourself, you become the master of that space, you know, and in spending time with myself, I find that I can draw myself closer to clarity. For case in point, being able to make a decision and understand how that impacts me on a deeper level, how that how that impacts my behavior in other aspects of my life, how this thinking and giving into this impacts my connection with myself, um, how breaking promises to myself impacts my connection with myself you know um these are things that have to be addressed these are things that have to be brought to the forefront of your own self-care and your own mental health you know we 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 do these things because comfort and addiction you know they they're they're cousins their their cousins comfort uh easing the pain and and addiction they they live in the same apartment you know and sometimes we get addicted to stuff we don't even realize we're addicted to especially when it's stuff that is a part of your everyday necessities like food or uh like shopping or whatever it is you know, when we have a relationship where we're using and abusing things to bring us that little itty bitty piece of comfort or to take our minds off of things, that's not really healthy, you know, and more than likely it's not in line with what we say we want for our lives. Um, we got to do better. We have to do better. We have to have more intention in the things that we do even when we don't want to, even when we're tired, even when we feel like we don't have any more in us because lacking the energy is not an excuse of putting yourself on the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? Maybe within you being aligned with what your goals are, maybe there are smaller decisions that you can make to get your needs met that also bring you in the right direction. Some things that maybe take a little bit less energy, but it's not going to get comfortable until you do it over and over and over again. Um, And then eventually you'll start wanting it. You'll start craving it because that'll be where your new behavior is centered. So I, I hope that this was helpful to 
people out there. Thank you guys for tuning in with me. Check me out on Instagram at Robert St. Michael. If you're interested in pursuing mental health coaching with me, I am opening up some spots at some point in the next two months. I may have four slots open. So please, please, please um, check that out. And if you're listening to this from a streaming platform, be sure that you go in and give me a five-star rating. It helps a lot. Uh, And of course, as always, share this with anyone that you feel may benefit. Um, I'm going to do a part two to this because there's more to be to be said about how we get in our own way and how to avoid doing that. So I'm going to let this be part one and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.